Hello, my friends. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment to celebrate. This episode is a, is a marker for this podcast. This is the 50th episode, 5-0, and I couldn't be here without you. So I just wanted to celebrate all of you. Thank you to all of you all over the world who have been listening in, um, in Europe, in Northern Europe, in uh, Southern, Eastern, Western Europe, in Asia, um, in Australia, in Africa, in Mexico, Canada, uh, all over. Thank you to all of you. Couldn't be here without you. And I just wanted to celebrate 50 episodes. friends. Man, it has been an interesting 24-hour period. Uh, If you've been listening to the last podcast and you heard me talking about what was going on with GameStop and the shorting that was happening there uh, and the benefits some were able to enjoy. Well, this day has been full of news about senators, on both sides of the aisle um, and their challenging of what's been going on with platforms like Robinhood and M1 and I believe it was uh, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, um, those sorts of platforms. I think even Webull um, and the fact that a lot of these platforms, especially Robinhood, have uh, limited people's ability, retail investors' ability to buy and sell stock to take advantage of movements in the market. Um, What's more is that Robinhood has supposedly, from what I have seen, um, and this may not be the entirety of the information, has also reportedly been closing some people's positions in GameStop uh, for their benefit, of course. (laughs) Um, So it has been interesting. Now, for me, I am what people like to define as a fundamental investor, meaning I am more of a long-term investor. My investment strategies focus on uh, more of overall growth of a company and dividend payouts and how well they do at increasing those dividend payouts. Uh, I did have stock in GameStop and I had every intention of holding on to it because of the dividend and the fact that I felt the company still had a chance to grow. But when I saw the opportunity to sell at a ridiculously high price from what I had paid into, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to actualize a few thousand dollars in gains uh, for my retirement portfolio. So that said, it seems that in a southern district of New York, there has been a class action lawsuit filed against Robin Hood for all users across the United States who use Robinhood. Uh, so not that, that 
not that this was the focus of this episode, but given that this is something currently happening and it's being talked about in the U.S., and knowing that um, I have a lot of listeners here in the U.S., um, I think it's something worth looking at. And the, the questions that are being presented are, what rights do platforms have in controlling it? And should only the, as it's been t uh, coined, the financial elite, the hedge fund managers, these sorts of things, should they be the only ones that get to um, have these sorts of discussions about what they're buying and selling, what they're shorting and going long on? Uh, should they be the only ones that get to have the advantage of that? Or should the retail investor, meaning the everyday investor like you and I, also get to play in that? Now, my answer would be everyone should have the opportunity to do so, not just those with brokerages uh, who are, you know, big hedge fund managers or things like that. Uh, so at any rate, I mention that just because I'm sure you'll have seen that going on. By the time these podcast episodes post... Uh, it will be further along the line on this whole saga that has been unfolding. But worth sharing because it is an interesting time, and it's interesting to see that a large group of people on a subreddit group, uh, I think it's Walls, uh, what is it, Wall Street Be Beats? No, Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets uh, was able to get enough people together to have an, a sway on the market. What that says to me is that retail investors, people like you and I, can in fact have an impact on the market, just like the big boys do, and big girls, however you want to put it. Uh, I don't know, I don't want to seem as though I'm only including one sex here. <laughs> big it's, whatever you want to say. <laughs> At any rate, um, so something I mentioned because one, I care about these things. I invest. It's a means by which I help to try to build. It's one of many ways I'm trying to help build a life for myself as well as podcasting and trying to uh, create something interesting there that can garner support uh, that also allows me to keep doing things I enjoy doing like investing and talking about what's going on in the world and sharing uh, ideas that I think are worth sharing. Not to sound like a TED talk, but you know, Words are words. Um, all of that said, friends, today I wanted to talk about something I had done in a previous episode when I talked about uh, the idea of aliens or is it government projects. And so I wanted to revisit that. Um, recently, I got an opportunity to watch a, I guess you could call it a documentary, a mini documentary on YouTube from a organization called Yes Theory, Y-E-S-T-H-E-O-R-Y, Yes Theory. Seemed like an interesting group. Uh, I'd love to be able to get more information with them, chat with them. Heck, it'd be nice to maybe do an interview with them and learn more about what motivates them and why they do what they do. Uh, you can find them online. They have their own website, uh, Yes Theory. Just uh, Google that. But they had a little documentary they did called 72 hours with strangers who have seen aliens. Now, whether you're on one side or the other of the fence, or you're just not sure either way, uh, it, it garners an in, at least a, a moment of consideration given the fact that this is something that's been a pervasive topic, at least in American society, and I think in many other countries based on what I've seen as well, for quite a long time. Some could argue even before we had modern technology. 
there are some who look at old, uh, what is it, Babylonian hieroglyphics, or not hieroglyphics, but carvings of, uh, what is it, the Assyrians and talking about the Anunnaki. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to get into that whole conspiracy theory around all of that stuff. But for the sake of the discussion, I'm just presenting that as one of the many things that we see that discuss that there is information that seems to present at least an alternative view on it that maybe there are aliens and maybe we have been visited by them. These are all maybes, right? We, we don't know for sure, um, but there does seem to be some evidence of something going on, obviously. So in, in watching this little documentary, uh, I, I wanted to give a little bit of blurb, and this is going off of their YouTube, their little description they put about it. Uh, so I'll just read what they had put there from their YouTube uh, channel, which is also called Yes Theory. A few months ago, Amar heard about an incredibly strange event in Massachusetts on September 1st, 1969, where several people that didn't know each other from the same town claimed to have been abducted by aliens on the same evening. The story seems so surreal and otherworldly that we had to go speak to the people directly. Here are their stories. What do you think? Now, I'm not going to get into the whole story of it because I want to give them credit to let you go and see that little documentary they did on YouTube. It's not very long. There may be a longer version of it, but what's on YouTube is at most 30 minutes or so. Uh, I don't even know if it was that long. It wasn't a very long thing. Uh, but I, I won't tell, tell all of it because I want you to go and see it for yourself and make up your own mind and, and see the visuals and kind of get a feel for yourself about it. Uh, there is a, in that town that they go to in Massachusetts, uh, they have a UFO monument park that's in memory of the late Dr. Howard W. Reed. Uh, it's there because there are people who have supposedly been traumatized by what happened to them by alien abduction and have had physiological changes. There's one woman who electronics kind of go haywire around her, and she didn't used to be that way until after this event. So all of that said, this is just pointed out to say people are still investigating this. Uh, no doubt, if you're in the U.S., and maybe if you're in other countries, you've also heard of it by now, um, there were three declassified uh, videos from the United States Defense Department, I believe it was, uh, in that showed video of Navy pilots noticing unidentified flying objects and trying to track them and, and commenting on how bizarrely they moved and how they could maneuver in unusual ways and at the speeds that they could maneuver. Um, and so when we see this, we, we have to say, well, what is it? And certainly in my previous episode, I talked about an encounter I had when I was um, many years back stationed in California. Um, and the base I was on shared that space with a NASA a facility known as Goldstone, G-O-L-D-S-T-O-N-E. And certainly there were some odd things to the base. I mean, there was lots of satellite dishes all over the place on the base in the middle of the desert. Um, there was also, I know in one time being out there, there was some weird building that I, that I had encountered in driving um, a senior 
en enlisted officer, non-commissioned officer, and seeing um, a strange small little building painted the same color as the desert with two black Humvees outside of it uh, in the middle of nowhere in the desert. I, I don't know what it was, don't know why it was there. Um, just struck me as odd. <laughs> uh, no roads to it, just out in the out in the sands. But also the fact that I know when we would I would he I heard stories about this when I got to the military base where soldiers that had been there for a while that said, when you go out in the field, because we did go out, we were uh, we trained all the different uh, all the other army bases on basic combat uh, desert warfare. Um, we were what's known as Op 4, or Opposing Forces. Uh, so we were a training facility to help uh, other units in learning how to be, how to do desert warfare combat. Nevertheless, uh, some of my fellow uh, soldiers had told me that when you're out in the field, you know, we would be at different areas, but oftentimes we would end up at a location known as 1064. And at 1064, there was kind of a hill behind where we would set up, a sand hill, and on the back side of that, there was an array of, I don't know, three, three to five satellites positioned in different directions, but at night, they would point straight up, directly up, like you could see the little glowing red light on the end of the uh, collector of the dish above the little sand hill from where we were. My friends um, and fellow soldiers that had told me about that site said between the hours of roughly 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., they said if you look straight up in the sky above where those dishes are, you would see some unusual lights moving around. And obviously my question was, well, how do you know those weren't satellites? And they said, well, you can tell the difference because if anyone has seen a satellite dish, uh, something orbiting our planet move across the sky. It does look like a faint star, but it has a very particular trajectory. It moves across the sky. It doesn't deviate. It just kind of moves across and keeps going. <clears throat> what I saw at 1064 and what many others said that they had saw at 1064 was not that. What we would see and what I saw, because I would sleep on top of uh, a communications truck under our covering, because I liked being out in the open air, um, I would sleep in my sleeping bag on top of the truck. <clears throat> and I remember looking up, and many a times, I remember seeing lights, some white-looking, some kind of orangey-yellow-looking. <clears throat> they would pulse in intensity. Sometimes they would be a little brighter. Sometimes they'd be dimmer. Not in a regular pattern, but just kind of throughout their time up there, they would do that. I noticed that they would move across the sky and then move back. Uh, sometimes they would move and then, you know, move at a 90 degree angle in a different direction. Uh, they would move further away and then come back. Um, and so I would see that many a times and, and just kind of watch it going, well, that's bizarre. What What is that? What also was strange is that at their height, given what I know now about drones and such things, you usually can hear some sort of sound, but these didn't seem to make any sound at all. Um, they just kind of moved around, and it was bizarre. The other encounter I had was when I was going with uh, a friend of mine on the base. We would go out on weekends 
uh, into uh, California and just kind of go into town to go and see, you know, be around, around civilization. Because where we were, we were in the middle of the desert, literally in the middle of the desert. In one direction from our base, we could drive through the desert and see nothing but desert until we reached Las Vegas. That's how in the desert we were. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I remember on one account, uh, we, we actually were heading out of town uh, to go out for the weekend. We had rented a car. Uh, and so we were heading out and we had, you know, this is when it kind of got a little strange. And I will pick up on that story right after this break. Hey friends, just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you that Anything Goes is very much supported by sponsorship and by listeners like you. And so if you like this podcast and you'd like to continue to see it grow and to walk with you through life, then I very much so would invite you to go to anchor.fm forward slash Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, hyphen, Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N, hyphen, M-A. And if you go there, you will be able to find a button that says support. If you click on that button, you can become a monthly supporter of this podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. Or you can be at the $4.99 a month level. Or you can move it all the way up to the $9.99 a month level. These are all automated, and once you do it, you can just continue to be a supporter. You don't have to do it each time. It automatically does it until you cancel. If you would like to do a one-time donation, or if you would like to arrange to make a larger monthly contribution to the podcast, you can click that other button on the anchor page, which says message. And there you can message me about it and we can get it arranged. Friends, I appreciate having you on this journey as we build this family of Anything Goes Together. And with your support and with your listenership, we'll get there. I'll let you get back to the show, friends. And we're back, friends. So before the break, I was talking about an encounter that I had with a friend of mine as we were heading out of base to go into town, uh, and what happened. So we rented a car, and we were going to head out um, off base into you know civilian areas to go and check out clubs, go dancing. You know, we were young. Go enjoy some good food. Just hang out in California. <clears throat> and as we were heading out of, or down the main road that got, uh, led out of our base to, uh, you know, civilization again, out of the desert, um, I noticed that my friend, I was looking down at my cell phone, there was um, a young lady that I was interested in at the time that I was texting, and... 
I noticed that there was kind of a, a change in the momentum of the car. Like he went from accelerating and kind of maintaining speed to kind of slowing down. And so as I, I looked over at him, I was like, what's going on? What are you slowing down for? And he was, his eyes were fixed forward looking through the windshield and he pointed. And so I looked where he pointed and I kid you not, it was the most bizarre thing. There was something uh, flying low, low enough that you could see the glow of it over the sand and then as it passed over the pavement of the road and then over the sand on the other side until it broke apart into four parts and disappeared. But what we saw was kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, somewhere between a, a diamond and like a football kind of shaped object. And it was covered in this, I don't know, it, it, it was somewhere between like a glowing plasma or like a fiery kind of glow around it that was this real pale blue kind of, um, if you've ever seen what happens when uh, zinc coating on like galvanized metal gets hit with fire and it creates this real light blue flame, don't do that by the way, very toxic. Um, that would be zinc poisoning. It's something I've seen because of what I did in sculpting and blacksmithing and stuff like that. Nevertheless, it had that color to it, and it was low enough to the ground that you could see the glow of it off of the sand, the pavement of the road. Uh, and so we watched it. It very had a very slow, steady pace as it moved across in front of us. And then as it got to the other side of the road and onto the sand again, it separated into four parts. It's not like it had any kind of explosion kind of thing. It's just, it went from being one to four different parts. And those parts just kind of faded and disappeared. And we were left going, what on earth did we just witness? I, we were looking at each other dumbfounded going, what What was that? What? You saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. What, what, what is that? I, I don't know. And, I mean, to this day, I have no idea what we witnessed. It was moving way too slow to be a meteor. Um, it did not slam down. There was no boom. It just went across, separated into four parts, faded out, and then that was the end of it. I don't know what it was. Um, but I've seen stuff like that. I've seen those lights moving around above the satellite dishes there that I know something, something was going on. I cannot, for the life of me, explain what it is. I cannot say for sure that it's some sort of alien thing, but neither can I say that it isn't. I just don't know. It could have been, and I'm more inclined to think it's some government experimentation with something, given that where we were, not too far to the east, in a geological scale, or geographical scale, whatever you want to call it, um... We weren't too far from where there was a lot of nuclear testing going on in, uh, what was it, Alameda or something like that in Nevada, Arizona? I don't know, Nevada. Um, so, who knows? Who knows? All I can say is that I've seen those kinds of things with my own eyes. So, I don't really know what to call it. And certainly for me, it leaves me in an odd position because I'm not sure how to define that as my faith would even speak of. There are stories that people take into account in... Uh, in biblical context that some people think it could be a reference to some sort of UFO. The, uh, the case in point being Ezekiel and his description of seeing the wheel within the wheel. Um, there's some 
old church song that's like Ezekiel Saul's wheel in the middle, way up in the middle of the air, or something like that. Um, but there are accounts of that stuff where there are bizarre things in vehicles that are described that it's like, well, what, what is that? And so some people speculate it could be alien. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's the best answer I can give is I don't know. I think, I think it's not an unusual thing to feel that the government would be experimenting on new technology, new weaponry, new vehicles, because certainly back uh, back when the, what is it, the SR-71, the Black Hawk, was being tested out and created, people were seeing it. But the government was saying, oh no, we don't know what it is. It's not us. Until they finally said, oh yeah, hey, by the way, that's us. We did this thing. This is our spy plane we created. Um, and that's just the nature of the creature, right? Any country that has an army that has that's trying to create a defense for itself does not want those they consider their enemies to know about it because then they will have spent all that time and money creating something for nothing. Um, or at least give their uh, opponents the opportunity to build defenses against it. That's kind of just the nature of how war and all of that goes. Um, so I, I'm certainly not I'm not naive enough to think that the government doesn't do that and that defense department doesn't do these things because that's just the nature of building weaponry. You don't want people to know what you're making until you're ready for them to know. Um, at the same point, I can't say that there aren't odd things that humanity can't describe as being of this world. I don't know. Call it spiritual, call it aliens, whatever you want to call it. Something. So... Back to what I was talking about is in regards to what I was looking at with this Yes Theory documentary and then just kind of looking at stuff that went on, right? It was uh, June 20th of 2019 uh, that CNN on their YouTube, they did it. They also had it on their news that um, they were talking about that they think it could be secret government vehicles or something else. They weren't really sure. They were kind of like me one way or the other. Uh, there were senators that received classified briefings about UFO sightings. Uh, Senator Mark Warner, who was the vice chair of intelligence Com committee. Senator Harry Reid, who was also in um, some documentary about alien disclosure kind of stuff or something like that. And there's the sightings that they reference of recent time was in 2004, the sighting that's kind of referred, referred to as the Tic Tac sighting near USS Nemitz, which was on the west coast of the United States, in which naval pilots saw this strange thing that was kind of white and kind of tic-tac shaped, but larger, moving around the surface of the water, the ocean, um, and moving in ways that seem to defy the laws of physics as we know them. And that's where you see some of the uh, videos that were declassified of naval pilots uh, talking about it and tracking it. There was also 2014-2015 the sightings off the east coast uh, of an unidentified flying object seen by pilots up to as much as 30,000 feet in the air moving at hypersonic speeds. That means faster than the speed of sound and changing directions at sharp angles at those kinds of speeds which none of the weaponry or vehicles we know of can do that. Um, and this is stuff that we hear discussion of by 
a, a naval pilot, Lieutenant Danny, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Alcoin, Alcoin, A-U-C-O-I-N, uh, who was a witness to it that was one of the Navy pilots um, seeing these sorts of behaviors. Uh, and so the U.S. Department of Defense, as I said, they released those three videos of pilot footage of unidentified uh, flying objects, or as they also tend to call them, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, um, or phenomena. They say that they released them to help people understand, to, to clear up any confusion and to prevent any uh, fake kind of ideas happening, to say, no, this, is, this did happen, it was something we saw, we don't know what it is, even if they do know what it is. Um, there's also a former NASA astronaut and ISS commander, uh, Leroy Chow, I guess that's how you pronounce it, C-H-I-A-O, who thought that they were probably some part of a military program. <clears throat> I'm not against that idea. Now, that said, there's also the unusual story of a man named Bob Lazar, B-O-B-L-A-Z-A-R. <clears throat> According to him, he says that he worked at an Area 1, uh, at the Area 1 site in a above top secret program where there were, according to him, supposedly multiple alien vehicles, and they were working on trying to reverse engineer the technology, uh, some aspects of them, and were experimenting with it. Uh, and so the odd part is, is that when this man came out and talked about what he had encountered, he says that there were government officials that contacted him saying, you know, we're going to now have to make, take actions because of what you did. And part of these actions supposedly are that the schools that he went to, which were very highly acclaimed schools for his, what was it, computer engineering, electrical engineering, and different stuff like that, supposedly disavow that he ever was there. He claimed to have worked for this uh, government contractor that worked with the Area 51 site, who said they had no records of this man. But savvy reporters were able to find uh, phone directories from that employer that showed, in fact, his name was there and showed references of him working at facilities, laboratories um, that say that they never had him there. So it's a very bizarre thing. A man says he's done this. The records don't show that he does according to the organization's official responses. However, reporters were able to find information to show that, in fact, he was there. So why hide something except that there's a reason to hide something? Now, um, the other part of this is that he was polygraphed multiple times and was found, according to the pol polygraphers, one was inconclusive because one time it was positive, the other negative. The other one found it to be conclusive that, no, this person is telling the truth, and he believed it to be true that he, this person was not lying. So an unusual account, and you can look that up for yourself, the, uh, the, st the story of Bob Lazar and kind of what went on with him and the reporter that got the opportunity to interview him and what he found. So, you know, I leave that to your minds to consider. You are all, you know, very thoughty people because you're a part of this community that's what we're about always be learning always be creating always be thinking about the world always be curious about what's happening out there and so there's strange things that occur that you've probably also witnessed and we're all trying to figure out what to do with it right
So, you know, what do you think? Have you encountered that? And, and what do you make of it? Is it government? Is it from some other place? If it is government, why do you suppose they don't want us to know? If it's from some other place, why do you suppose they haven't made contact directly with us? Why is it always these weird abduction stories or these odd vehicle sightings and things like that? And that's not just the end of it. There's also a record of nuclear sites in the U.S. that have accounts of vehicles flying over them, shooting some sort of laser beam or light beam down and deactivating um, nuclear facilities from being able to use their nuclear missiles. And there's also, I, I believe, an account in Russia where that was done, but it was in the, instead of what happened with these, it was the fact that the, the vehicle started the countdown on a nuclear device and then suddenly it stopped again. So this is a very old account, you know, going back, uh, I think the oldest being the whole Area 1 stuff from the 50s about supposedly with Roswell, the recovered uh, alien vehicle components and the supposed cover-up of it with it being a, a weather balloon and, and whatnot. Again, I'm not big on a lot of conspiracy stuff. I'm fascinated by it. Um, but I'm also one to recognize that even a broken clock can be right twice a day. So I'm not one to throw out everything conspiratorial just because it is. But I am one to say, you know, I'm not going to believe everything either. Let's, let's weigh the evidence and let's see what we can find. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I present that to you and kind of leave it up to you. And if you want to send me a message on Anchor, you can click that message button on my Anchor page, which, by the way, um, it has been changed. It was anchor.fm forward slash Joseph hyphen Guzman three. I've now updated it. So now it's anchor.fm forward slash Joseph hyphen Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N hyphen M-A, Mike Alpha. Uh, so that all said, uh, we'll be right back after this break and we will continue forward. And we're back. So, looking at all of this, you know, something to consider. There's a lot of stuff that happens in our world and in our universe that we still don't understand. Um, and I think it is the hubris of humanity to assume that we've got it all figured out. There's many things I can honestly say I don't have figured out, including aspects in my faith. Um, my faith would indicate that we believe there's an afterlife, and certainly even in a psychological or not psychological, scientific approach, there has been some things to indicate something goes on as to why it happens. We don't entirely know, uh, but it's something. That said, there's still stuff that I'm not sure of, and, and I, I think it's a fair place to be to acknowledge that, you know what, there are things I know and there are things I'm not sure of. And it doesn't make you a weak person to acknowledge that you don't have it all figured out. It just makes you honest and truthful and humble, I think, to recognize that none of us have it all figured out. Well, I wanted to add one other little odd thing that I found, and that is, uh, <laughs> it's not related to UFOs, but just kind of technology and more so in trends. Um, nowadays, uh, I'm sure many of you have seen what's, uh, what, what is called shuffle dancing. 
uh, for my audience that's younger, uh, millennials and, and, and younger, Gen Z, you probably know quite well. Uh, you laugh, you're like, oh, he's calling it Shuffle as if he's an old guy. Well, whatever. But I get what it is. Uh, so at any rate, it's been interesting seeing this trend in um, YouTube and TikTok of shuffle, shuffle dancing being accompanied by 80s and 90s music or remixes of 80s and 90s music, um, which is kind of interesting in itself to see these revisiting of these, the, the types of music, the, the types of clothing and styles. And that's really part of what I've seen as well. I'm kind of wondering if we're going to start seeing the side ponytails again and all the scrunchies coming back into style, people wearing them on their wrists and in their hair and all like multiple ones in the hair. Uh, I've seen some places where they have acid wash jeans again at like $100. Um, trends repeat. It's just interesting to see these things from the 80s and 90s kind of reintegrating back into trends in popular culture. Uh, so, you know, and for me, I, I mean, honestly, I don't mind it. I think it's great. It's, I would dance more if I was good at it, <laughs> but I'm not. But more power to you if you can do it. I do find fascination in watching some of the shuffle videos to see how they do their movements because they seem relatively simple sometimes, but as I know from being a sculptor and being an artist, the best trick you can perform is to do something that looks so relatively simple until someone tries to do it themselves and they realize, wait, 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 there's more to it than I thought. <laughs> uh, so an interesting little tidbit that I saw on uh, the internet these days. Also another one, and this one's a little bit uh, icky perhaps if you don't, if you're squeamish, but what the heck is up with YouTube? Uh, I found an unusual part of YouTube and it is not just, you know, two or three videos, but I'm not, I would not be surprised if it is hundreds of these videos or at least a hundred or more. And what I'm talking about is this bizarre YouTube video segment or portion of YouTube community that are videos that are made of people removing and cleaning out blackheads off of their body. And all of them having like relaxing music in the background as you're watching this. So you're watching someone get blackheads out and there's relaxing music playing jazz or some sort of chill lounge music or something while you watch this. Why is this a thing? And why is it so much of a thing? Oh my gosh, I probably spent an hour watching these. Now I will admit, I'm fascinated by bizarre stuff like that. But it, what the heck? So many of these videos on YouTube of people videoing themselves up close and personal, emptying out the blackheads out of their pores while playing relaxing music. Why is this a thing? Humanity, why is this a thing? I don't understand. <laughs> if you've seen this and you're, you can give some explanation as to why this occurs, why this is such a, a trend, Please send me a message on my anchor page and let me know, because what the heck? <laughs> Shuffling I get, everyone likes to dance, we like music, trends come in and ebb and flow, but blackhead removal videos with relaxing music in them? Why? <laughs> Why is this a thing? 
Oh, goodness. Well, friends, uh, that being said, I think I'm going to wrap up this video, I think, or video. <laughs> I'm kind of having a Freudian slip as I'm working towards trying to create a YouTube channel or Patreon and things like that. But I'm neither here nor there yet. Uh, Got to have enough finances to do that, uh, which you can be a part of. If you find yourself in a position to do so and you want to do one-time gift, uh, you can uh, message me about that on my Anchor page and we can get that set up. Uh, or if you want to be a subscriber, a supporter to the podcast, uh, you can sign up on the support using the support button on my Anchor page. And you can be a monthly supporter for $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Whatever that translates to in your currency, uh, you'll I'm sure it'll show you that, but I know American currency because that's where I've been. Uh, so that said... Uh, I think we'll call it wraps on this one. And as always, friends, be good to yourselves, stay kind, take care of your health, take care of your friends' and neighbors' health around you. You know, uh, wear your mask, wear it properly. Uh, if you touch things that others have touched, don't touch your eyes and nose and mouth with those and get potentially sickness. Uh, stay safe for those of you that are that has that have the crazier strains like in the UK I know you have this other mutated strain so be careful out there I know I have people in South Africa listening in so I know y'all have a crazy strain of covid going on down there please be safe and take care of yourselves um, stay curious friends through this uh, together we can make it through this and we will recover we'll rebound uh, stay tuned on what's going on, and if you're a part of the investing stuff or you're watching all of that and you want to message me about what you've been seeing, feel free to do so. I've certainly been watching it as well. Um, that all said, friends, much love and prayers to all of you. Um, I hope and pray that you find yourself in good health and that whatever challenges you may be encountering, that you can rise above those. Pass kindness in the world around you and be kind to yourselves. Take care of yourselves uh, and keep learning. And until next time, friends, we will see you soon.